Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2084. This week we've been celebrating the Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion that takes place August 17th through the 20th this summer at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. To learn more and get your tickets, go to WeatherTechRaceway.com. Now buckle up and be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in St. Petersburg, Florida, with a very special guest by the name of David Hinton. David, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am ready. I got uh, tires inflated, full tank of gas, ready to go. Kind of a silly question for a guy like you because you spend so much time at tracks and racing and so forth. I'm going to give you a proper introduction in just a moment. We're going to dive into your world, but I'd love to know something about you that maybe most people don't know about David Hinton. Ooh, uh, I'm scared of heights. How about that one? (laughs) Well, you know, my (laughs) wife is that way. It's kind of funny. And I used to not be worried too much about heights, but maybe in my older age, I tend to worry a little bit more. And I think that's because I have a friend who's a neurosurgeon and he tells me that the third rung on the ladder is the death rung when you're older. If you fall off a ladder and you're higher than the third rung, you've got a serious problem going. And maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. I think so, because it never used to bother me, but now I go top of a ladder, I get a bit wobbly. Well, we're supposed to stay off ladders, so uh, pay somebody to do yep. that. That's what I do now, so much safer. But uh, you like to have challenges in different areas, and that's at the racetrack. So let me give you a proper introduction, David. David Hinton is the president of Historic Sports Car Racing, originally from Coventry, England. I detect a bit of an accent there. David moved to the USA when he was just 20 years old. He worked his way up as a mechanic, working for his father, and eventually owning his own shop with his wife, Denise. He bought a controlling interest in HSR in 2012 and started several new events, including the classic 24 hours of Daytona, the classic 12 hours at Sebring. I love those endurance races. Historic sports car racing organizes approximately eight events a year. That keeps David pretty busy. David has been president of HSR for over nine years and was part owner until January of this year when IMSA purchased HSR. He also owns a racing team called Heritage Motorsport, they maintain approximately 30 different race cars for clients around the United States and Europe. Historic Sports Car Racing has sanctioned the Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion that we've been celebrating all this week. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors that make this show possible. So give them a little bit of love and we'll be right back. Sit tight, buckle up. We're at the track with David Hinton. Covercraft's newest three-layer all-climate cover is especially engineered for moderate weather conditions and it's treated with an extra UV-resistant formula. It's soft, it's breathable, and it's easy to store, all while pampering your paint, providing maximum UV rain and dust protection. If you live where it's windy, no worries. Simply add their gust guards for windy conditions to add extra protection to keep your cover in place. Your three-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with the quality and attention to detail that's been their tradition since 19. 
1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. Every one of my vehicles is protected with a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus... Free shipping, that's right. So get 10% off with free shipping by simply using the code ya 21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. The great Dale Carnegie said, knowledge isn't power until it's applied. Zengen is an oil analysis kit that allows you to sample your engine's oil and gain valuable knowledge about your engine's inner health. Get your knowledge with a personalized, detailed Zengen report today. At only $39.95 and free shipping both ways, your Zengen oil analysis costs less than an oil change and not only provides you with the knowledge of the inner workings of your engine, but then empowers you with options to avoid costly repairs or future breakdowns. Their easy-to-use sample kit takes less than five minutes to collect your sample and mail it back to the world-class labs. In only five days, they'll send you a link to your very own engine score via email. Your report measures 30 different data points, including lubricants, metals, contamination, additives, and a whole lot more. Zengen gives you knowledge, empowering you to avoid a future problem. One of those that you never knew was coming. Father's Day is coming and Zengen gives dad the gift of knowledge. What a gift. Give your dad his very own Zengen oil kit today and you'll make him smile. Visit ZengenScore.com and order your oil test kit. Use the code CARSYAT20 and they'll give you 20% off your first two kits. Preventative knowledge and maintenance could save you thousands. And you'll rest better at night knowing your engine's condition is A-OK or maybe needs a little help. That's ZengineScore.com and use the code CARSYA20 today. When it was time to renew my collector car policy, my carrier raised my rates by a lot. But why? My usage was the same, my car's value was the same, and I had never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. The only change was their rate, and they had no reason why. What's with that? I researched my options, I spoke to others, and with American Collectors Insurance is where I now have my policy. What a difference. A live person actually answers the phone. She spent time learning about me and my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush, and provided a reasonable quote. American Collectors Insurance now protects my special ride. I'm saving hundreds of dollars and I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. Why wait until your next premium is due? Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote. Call 866-AC1-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine. Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Let's dive a little deeper into the corner, something you're very familiar with. I'd love for you to go back to the beginning of why you got involved with historic sports car racing. What has intrigued you into this world of motorsports and how it's kept you at so many tracks doing so many cool events. So grab the wheel. So I've always had a passion for, for racing since an early age. My dad raced in England in the, in the mid-70s, and then when we moved to the U.S., uh, he started organizing events, vintage sport races for IndyCar, IMSA. This was back in the late 80s. And then HSR was formed in the early 90s, and it started to become quite the, the most popular series on the East Coast, and that's kind of 
how I got involved with going to these events as a mechanic for my dad and then for other people I've worked with over the years. And then when I had the opportunity to purchase the majority with my partner, George Toomer, in uh, 2012, kind of got me involved and haven't looked back since. So tell our listeners that maybe aren't as familiar with historic racing as, as you are or I am. I've been going to the Rolex uh, races at Laguna Seca for 31 years. Could it be that long? For a long time, I got involved when I moved up here to the Pacific Northwest. I didn't even know that historic racing was kind of a thing until I moved up here almost 30 years ago. And my gosh, this is a huge deal. So tell somebody who maybe hasn't attended uh, a vintage race what they can expect to see, because you guys run all sorts of different kinds of cars, right? Oh, yeah. At the, at the Rolex, you're going to see such a varied field. I mean, we're going from Formula Juniors, Formula Atlantic, up to Formula One. So, you know, we're covering all the bases on the open-wheel cars. And then we have the saloon car group, which is new for this year, with Lotus Cortinas and Alfa Romeos and you know, a whole mixed bag Mini Coopers in there. So that's new for this year. And then obviously this year, the feature is 100 years of, of Le Mans. And this is the actual kickoff event for the celebration for the uh, Le Mans 24 hours. Uh, the ACO has blessed this event. They're involved in it. So this is the actual first event in, in that celebration. We've got some great Le Mans cars participating in the event. And then inside the, the paddock would be the Legends tent where we'll have numerous overall winners, class winners on display for, for the spectators and enthusiasts to look at. For the events that Historic Sports Car Racing puts on, uh, what are some of the many venues that you guys do? I mentioned uh, eight events a year kind of as an average for you guys, but what are some of the tracks you guys go to? So we go Sebring, Daytona, Road Atlanta, in Watkins Glen last year, Road America in the fall, Barber Motorsport Park. Oh, nice. Yeah, we, we kind of travel mostly on the East Coast, and we just make our, our yearly West, tr- West Coast swing out to uh, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Absolutely. So what kind of vehicles have you raced in your lifetime? Good grief. Uh, <laughs> I guess yeah. I guess we need another hour to talk here, right? <laughs> um, I raced the NSU TTS, which is a little German rear-engine car. Uh, I've done a lot of Jaguars, which is kind of my passion. Um, I was fortunate enough to race in the Rolex 24 and Sebring 12R three times in a Daytona prototype back in 2013. Roller T7s, Porsche 911s, BMW CSLs, um, all sorts of different stuff, yeah. Holy cow. Now, do you have a favorite type of vintage race car that you love to strap yourself into? Um, It used to be my 1952 XK120 Coupe, which was my kind of mainstay. It was my dad's car, and after he passed away, I was fortunate buy it from his estate um, and I raced that car for probably 20 years and now I've converted it into a, a rally car. I really, I've got a, a good pair of friends, clients, uh, Dean and Damon, I've a T70 Coupe Mark 3B. Nice. A great co drove that car with them for the last couple of years and it's actually in Europe. We just did Spa last weekend and we're going to do the Le Mans Classic in July. So I think that's probably my favorite car to drive these days. For endurance Historic endurance racing, and that was, I never got to do any series long events, but at Sovereign that I ran with, we would do, at the end of a weekend, an hour-long run, because most of those runs are 15, 20 minutes. You could get in your car and run for a full hour, 
and pull in, you do a pit stop. And I always found that to be a lot more fun. And I think for the spectators, some of these longer endurance races that you put on are probably a lot more enjoyable too, because the drivers get into a rhythm, they get into a flow and it's like more like watching a real race because real races tend to last longer than historic uh, vintage racing events do because the cars don't run as long. Um, are there one of those events that I mentioned at the beginning and you talked about that's a favorite for you? Either 12 or 20, even a 24 hour race with historic cars. Yeah, so the classic 24 hour Daytona, how that event actually works is the cars get divided into six groups. So the cars from the 60s are in one group, the 70s in another group, the 80s in another group, and so on, all the way to present day. At one o'clock on Saturday, the first group goes out, group A, for example, they'll run for 40 minutes. And in that 42 minutes, sorry, they have to do a three-minute mandatory pit stop, which allows enough time for a driver change or refuel. Checker flag comes out at 42 minutes. That group comes off the track. And then Group B, which is a car from the 70s, would go out and start on the hour. They run for 42 minutes and do a three-minute stop. So we go through each group in the six hours. And then at the seventh hour, Group A goes back out again, and they start from how they finished in the first race. Uh-huh. So basically, there were four 42-minute races in 24 hours, two in the daylight and two at nighttime in Daytona. We switched the lights on around the banking, and wow. it has an atmosphere like no other event. It's phenomenal. Yeah, that's got to be pretty cool. And I would assume you do that because these different classes have varying speeds, and I'm kind of guessing you don't want to put the cars that tend to run slower just because of their engine size with super, super fast cars, just a little too dicey. Well, I mean, that's the way endurance racing was. I mean, you think 917s are out there racing with 2-liter 911s and BMW 2. It's wild. It is wild, but, you know, we really emphasize safety. You know, we make sure these, especially the faster drivers are doing the passing, you know, they've got to be respectful of those slower cars. You know, we're all out there, got to take care of each other. And, uh, you know, we've been very fortunate in very few incidents at those events. But, but it's it's so cool to see, you know, GT40s and T7s and stuff like that out there with the old 911s at nighttime, headlights ablaze. Yeah, got to be crazy. I did an event with Sovereign once where I was just starting my first year. I was in a Lotus Formula Junior, and uh, they put all the rookies out together to run. And, yeah, it's a little dicey getting passed by a GT350 Shelby Mustang when you're in a Lotus 60. Right. Uh, yeah, you're just like, please don't run over me. Please don't run over me. Let's talk a little bit about your racing team, Heritage Motorsports. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I've been doing it since 2012. Built it up now. we got numerous clients, mostly uh, Porsche 911s, uh, BMWs, a few Jags, Chevrons, uh, some Lolas, McLaren, stuff like that. But we do about 10 to 15 events a year pretty much in the U.S. And I got clients from all walks of life. I've got famous rock stars down to psychiatrists from California. So I got the whole gambit covered as far as customers, and they're all super nice people and very fortunate. So you guys would handle, I, I would assume you're a bit like my friends up here in the Northwest, Butch Dennison, Louis Shevchik, VRM, where you manage people's cars for them, take care of them, do arrive and drives, meaning uh, the owners can show up at the track, your car is there waiting, you've got a mechanic to help you. Is Are those all the different services you provide? Yes. Yeah. Don't do any restorations anymore because it's just too time consuming and too difficult doing that and, you know, running the race team and, the, and HSR. So I stopped doing restorations, but there were exactly like, uh, you know, JNL and VRM and some of those other West Coast teams. People just want to show up, race their car and 
get on the plane and go home on Sunday afternoon and we take care of everything else after that. You know, I'll tell listeners out there, if you're thinking about getting into vintage racing, that is a very cool way to do it. Uh, that's the way I did it. And it takes, because my first few years, I managed my whole my own car. Plus, I was, you know, had a family running a business. And it's it's uh, time consuming. And you run the risk when you're trying to manage all that of maybe missing something. Let's just say you don't tighten the lug nuts tight enough or something crazy like that. Having somebody like Heritage Motorsports or my buddies up here, there's a variety of them that have been on this show to manage your car for you. Plus, it takes all the pressure off because when you show up at the track, usually there's some hospitality. You can invite friends. It's more relaxing. You know your car is being well-maintained. I was at a track, I think it was Road America Racing, and uh, Clutch went out. And uh, Louis Shevchik got on a bike, rode around the paddock, and found somebody, got a clutch, and got me back out on the track. I could have never done that by myself. So those are the kind of services you provide your clients, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we have plenty of resources, bring spare parts. And, you know, we spend a lot of time preparing the car and make sure they're reliable and ready to go before we get there. You know, and it's also important to make sure everybody under the tent kind of gets along and all the customers, you know, get along with each other and along with the technicians. So uh, it's hard to get that balance, but once you have it, it makes it so much more enjoyable. Oh, yeah. It's like a, a get-together of the best friends and you combine it with old cars and fun. You know, I mentioned in your intro that you grew up around your dad. Your dad was into racing and so forth. Was he really your driving inspiration, your mentor, your influential person in your life? Yeah, early on, I think so. Um, definitely, you know, we used to watch him race. And, you know, he, he was a big uh, Jaguar dealer in England, did a lot of restorations. So in my early years, unfortunately, he passed away uh, when I was only 21 years old. Oh, so wow. uh, I was here on my own and kind of figuring out what to do next and Fortunately, uh, one of his customers took me under their wing, uh, the Veal family from Sarasota, and I worked for them for five or six years, maintaining their fleet of historic cars, and would go and do different races, including Mexico a couple of times, La Carrera Panamericana. So, oh, wow, cool. Yeah, George and Tom Veal were certainly big influences on my life, kind of set me on the right path, and uh, you know, convinced me to stay in America and give it a shot. Wow, that's fantastic. We're going to take a short break and thank our sponsors, and we come back, I want to talk about Maybe a big challenge or obstacle you face in your life. I mean, you're involved in racing, so that's kind of an everyday deal when it comes to the racing game. So keep that thought in mind. Keep the seatbelts tight, and we'll be right back. You listeners know I've been into car care my entire life. I am so excited to team up with AutoGeek in 2022. AutoGeek.net has been a leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started in 1997 as a mail order catalog company has grown into a multi-website based e-commerce store that they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries and its retail sector ships worldwide. Go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and their stellar technical support. AutoGeek.net. It's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world 
the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. You know what? We are all wired differently, and not everyone needs to go to a four-year university. Technical education and the skilled trades matter, and one can build a solid career as an auto, diesel, or collision technician. There are no longer blue-collar jobs. They're new-collar careers as the technology and skill sets have become so advanced. Support career and technical education by getting involved with TechForce Foundation. It's a Cars Yeah charity of choice. Learn more at techforce.org. So, David, uh, the big challenge question here on Cars Yeah, we talk about things that get in our way, but more importantly, they teach us really valuable lessons so we can move forward in a positive way. So take us on a bit of a, maybe a rough ride around the track. Yeah, I think uh, I think the biggest lesson we all learned was, you know, the 08, 09 crash, recession, whatever you want to call it. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that was such an awful time because people in our industry suffered quite badly because that was people's kind of hobby money and that money just dried up. And, you know, we all had to find a, a way of keeping the doors open. And, I, I mean, that was a tough time. Uh, and that lasted really until 2011, 2012. And then things really started getting back on track. But now I think we all had to tighten our belts and, and get through that period. And, you know, it's something I'm, I'll never forget, you know, to, to make sure you're prepared for that kind of thing in the future again. Well, I hope we're not in for one of those coming up right now, the way things are no. looking. <laughs> uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed. So when you look back at that, and, and for perhaps young, you know, you and I have been around for a while. So we've been through like four or five of these things in our lifetime. Yep. Recessions and, you know, the market crashing and bear markets and all this stuff. If there's something you could share with maybe a young listener who's, uh, you know, looking at, I mean, the COVID thing kind of shut things down, but it was kind of a short lived deal when it came to the economy, maybe not for some, but for most people. But what kind of advice would you give somebody that young has a business to help them prepare themselves better for one of those not so fun surprises that inevitably always comes along? Yeah, you, you've got to be prepared for the worst and you've got to have some kind of, a, a, I feel, an emergency fund. Mm-hmm. You know, when times are good, put some money away. So if, if things do go downhill fast, like it did with COVID, You've got to have some kind of backup. Don't just think that this is going to last forever and, you know, it's always going to be good times because, you know, over the last 30 years, you can look at the the, the highs and the valleys and, and you know, it, it always happens. So be prepared for the worst is all I can say. Well, yeah, I think it's that Boy Scout term, be prepared. Yeah, have some money tucked away and realize that uh, the good times rolling aren't forever. I just watched a video last night on uh, the great investor, Peter Drucker, and he talked exactly about that. He came back for a talk to discuss what's going on now and that, you know, I think the thing he just kept saying was, one thing's for sure, the market goes up and the market goes down and uh, it always will. So uh, just always be prepared for that. Uh, Absolutely. Be prepared. Yeah. Put some of that uh, runway money aside and uh, let it sit. When you look forward with your business, David, is there a bucket list uh, or some things that you'd like to really do? Maybe some races you'd like to do overseas or some vintage events you really like to be involved in? Um, I've 
been so fortunate with all the different events I've got to do around the world. I would like to try and do some of the uh, historic rallies in Europe, like the Monte Carlo Historic, or there's a couple in Italy I really would like to do. Mm-hmm. And the last road race track I've got to drive is Bathurst. I've always had this hankering to go down to Australia and do the drive that Bathurst. I know they have a vintage sport race for that event. And I've talked to a couple of people down there who said they'll help me rent a car or whatever, but that's definitely on the bucket list. That sounds fun. So if you were going to tell a listener that is not enjoyed, like you and I have so many times, the Rolex Monterey Motorsport Reunion, that this is an event you need to get to. What are some of the key elements? And we talked about it with some of the different car classes, but what are some of the many cool aspects of this event? Uh, It really is the crown jewel, I think, when it comes to reunions uh, that you would share with somebody to uh, convince them that they need to get on a plane and, and join us out there this summer. You're just going to see such an array of cars. I mean, there's only a couple of events in the world which have this level of cars. And we're so fortunate that this event attracts these cars year in and year out. And you're just going to see everything from 917s to, you know, 962s. If you're into Porsches, you're going to see Ferraris. You're going to see Jaguar D-type, C-types. There's just the best of the best of this event. And the nice thing about where the Tech Raceway Laguna Seca is, it's got so many great vantage points to watch the racing, but you can also walk through the paddock and walk right up to these cars, talk to the drivers, talk to the mechanics. Such a great experience. It's got to be one of the best. So let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. You've jumped into many, many cool cars. You've been around so many great cars. Is there one car that stands out for you as being really special? I'm kind of guessing it might be that Jag that was your dad's. Yeah, that's got some sentimental value, that's for sure. And uh, Denise and myself have done a couple of rallies up in the uh, Carolina Mountains with it a few times now, which is so much fun. It is for me, not so much for her, because she has to hang on and do the navigating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, we really enjoy that. And uh, yeah, I got a couple of old um, Honda dirt bikes I really enjoy. Um, oh, cool. I still enjoy off-road racing a little bit. Not competitively, but, you know, trail riding and so forth, so... No, I enjoy two wheels as well as four. Yeah, I have a saying. If it rolls on rubber, I probably love it. Yep. <laughs> That's my quote. So I'm going to be a car psychologist for you, David. Now that we've gotten to know each other a little bit better, I'm going to crawl into your skull. If you were reincarnated, pun intended, as a vehicle, not what you want to be, this is how you perceive your attributes as a person, the man in the mirror, tied into a vehicle, what would you be, but more importantly, why? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I think I'd have to be British. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I'd probably say uh, a Bentley, you know, an old Bentley, reliable, um, comfortable at any speed, you know. Um, I, yeah, I think it's probably an old Bentley, something like that. An old Bentley. So when you think about old yeah. Bentleys, is there maybe a, a particular era? A lot of people, when they answer this question, they go back to their, their year of birth or uh, when they were a kid or maybe, you know, something they saw when they were a kid that just always stuck with them that, ignited that passion for me it was a 49 mgtc that my father bought when i was five and i just loved riding in that car i i felt like a big kid because that car was so tiny and plus the steering wheel was on the wrong side so right. <laughs> at least for over here yeah so is there, is there a particular kind of bentley you kind of have an affiliation with um i like the old 1920s le mans bentley's near the four and a half liters i think that's such beautiful cars and what a great era that was that's always been one of my favorite cars there was um of course uh the year they featured bentley's on the lawn at pebble and they had so many at the quail event and they had them all out at the track i think that was 
it was before COVID. I think it was 2018, 2019. I don't think I'd yep. ever seen so many old Bentleys of that era altogether. It, and some of them I'd never even seen before that were just spectacular. I have a feeling you were there, right? Yes, because they also did the feature of the track for them too, yeah. uh, which was so so great to see. But I know just that British racing green, and they normally have a green interior. And yeah. The painted green wire wheels is just so, so beautiful. Something special about those. So is there a great book you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, the last motor racing book I think I read was uh, Challenge Me to Race, Mike Hawthorne's kind of semi-biography oh. from uh, the late 50s. Kind of talked about him and the people he raced against. And just so many funny stories. Uh, him and uh, Duncan Hamilton used to travel together. And the, the one time he talked about the racing in Argentina and they need to get up to Sebring and train broke down or something and they ended up borrowing a couple of horses and <laughs> going through South America on horses to get to the to the port to get the boat up to Florida. It's just such a great story. No, I'm not. That book has not been recommended, which I'm kind of surprised, but you mentioned Duncan Hamilton and I've got his great book, Touch Wood. Yes, I read that too. That's, that's a good book. It's a really good book. And of course, sadly, we lost his his son, Adrian, who I, I got to spend a little time with him once he picked me up at the airport in London and drove me out to his home where he had a bunch of old vintage cars. Yep. I don't think I've ever been more scared driving through London as a passenger <laughs> sitting next to Adrian. He uh, he really liked to be spirited at the wheel. Let's just put it that way. But uh, yeah, uh, challenge me the race. I'll have to get that book. Very, very cool. So I'm going to enable you to go on what I call the ultimate drive. I'm going to be like the ultimate benefactor for you today. Now, this might be difficult because you've been on many ultimate drives, but I'm going to provide you with any vehicle in the world. I'm going to send you anywhere in the world you want to go and you can be with anybody that you'd like to be with. So what does the ultimate drive look like for a guy who's had so many ultimate races? Oh, I think I would probably would like to go with Mario Andretti. Oh, okay. I think the races he won in, in the massive variation of cars, is, is there's nobody else like it. There really isn't. And I think, you know, coming here as, as an Italian immigrant, not speaking the language and everything he went through, him and his brother, um, to get to where he is and how successful the whole family is, I think is a story I'd like to hear more about. So, if you and Mario what were, vehicle? yeah, what vehicle? Yeah, I think uh, it'd have to be kind of Italian, maybe semi-Italian, semi-British, so maybe like a DB4 Zagato, something like that. Oh, beautiful! Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, but I'd have to drive. Uh, okay, and would you be cruising or uh, maybe around uh, northern Italy, around Como or exactly. the lakes up there? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe down to the Murphy Coast, something like that. But uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, it, it'd be good to hear some of his stories. I've been always been a big fan, even when he was in Formula One with, with Lotus and the John Player Special. I just thought he was such an amazing driver. Yeah, uh, and, and still getting out on tracks and driving. In fact, this uh, this weekend with the Indy 500, I understand he'll be there maybe giving people rides in the, the, the two-seater. So yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, still doing it today. And I, he's got to be, I'm not sure how old he's in his 80s now. He's got to be close to it. Yeah, yeah wow. definitely. Pretty incredible. So you've taken us on a wonderful ride around the track today, David, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to, to share uh, your viewpoint from historic racing. Is there a well, an inspiring quote, words of wisdom, or a mantra you might share with us today before we uh, head off to the races this weekend to watch the, uh, gosh, we've got the Indy 500 and the Monaco Grand Prix. Yeah, and it, uh, I see the forecast is maybe rain for the Monaco Grand Prix. Oh. So might, might brighten that race up a little bit. Uh, yeah, it brings back days of Senna in my mind, <laughs> racing in the rain yeah, there. So 
I'm looking for. I love the Indy 500. It's one of my favorite events to watch every year. Yeah. Just the uh, the whole pageantry and everything about that event is amazing. But no, I think uh, words of wisdom. I think hard work pays off in the end. You've just got to work hard, and if your passion is your job, then it, it makes things a hundred times easier. Oh yeah. And that's why I'm so fortunate because my job is my passion. Yes. How can people learn more about historic sports car racing and heritage motorsport? So you can go to hsrrace.com to our website, and then uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook with HSR also, pretty easy to find. And uh, Heritage, I don't have a website, but I do have a Facebook page, so I'm a little harder to find. <laughs> there you go. Well, I found you, so I'll put a link to both of those on David's show notes page here on the Cars Air website. Hey, if you want to have some fun, join David and I and all the guests that have been on the show this week at the Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion. It takes place August 17th through the 20th at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca to learn more. And get your tickets, go to weathertechraceway.com, and uh, if you're going to be out there, you better get your room now, because uh, this place gets to be pretty busy and pretty pretty fun, but uh, it's the place to be. David, hey, thanks for spending some time with us today, being so generous with your expertise and sharing your uh, experiences on the racetrack. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion. Look forward to it, Mark. Thank you again. We'll have fun. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!